going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And before we get to this week's topic, Leonard had sent me a video link where he got his question featured on uh, Jim Cornette's podcast, which was fun, right, Leonard? It was actually a good question, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. For, for those of you who haven't listened, you can find it on, on YouTube. It's uh, searchable under Jim Cornette about why referees slap the hands of heels off the ropes. Right. Um, I was watching uh, a match, uh, just, you know, sometimes I watch random old school WWE, and it was a match between Paul Orndorff and beat Brian Blair. And Blair goes for a sunset flip, and uh, Orndorff grabs the ropes and gets his hands slapped away. And I was thinking, you know, I've seen that happen to Flair a lot. And why would that be? Because any other time you grab the ropes, it breaks a move or hold, and they're not using the ropes for leverage because they're not doing the hold. So I wrote that in, and I think Jim gave a very good answer to it, even though my name turned into Mr. Hoo Hoo from Hee Haw, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people butcher my name all the time, although I will probably say that is the worst I've gotten. And yeah. I do give props to Brian Lask for uh, pronouncing it correct to start with. Right. Yeah. A lot of H's in there, I think, is what got him. A lot of H's. Yeah. It was the way that he delivered uh, your name in the town. It was somewhat of a tongue twister, I guess. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it was cool to cool to hear your question. Um, so this week, we are going to be revisiting our rebooked series. And this time, we are going to be tackling WCW World Championship Wrestling Uncensored 1996. And before we get to our rebooks, let's go over the event itself. It took place on March 24th, 1996 at the Tupelo Coliseum in Tupelo, Mississippi. And there were seven matches on the pay-per-view. And there were four featured on the main event show, the WCW uh, main event show right before that. So I'll go over the main event card here first. You had Mr. JL against Dean Malenko, Jim Duggan against Big Bubba Rogers, Dick Slater with Colonel Robert Parker against Alex Wright, the Steiner Brothers against the Nasty Boys. On the main card, you would have Conan against Eddie Guerrero for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship, the Belfast Bruiser against Lord Stephen Regal, Colonel Parker against Medusa, the Booty Man with the Booty Babe against Diamond Dallas Page. The Giant with Jimmy Hart against the Loch Ness. Sting and Booker T against the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight. And the main feature of the card, the infamous feature, was the Doomsday Cage match, which pitted Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage against the Alliance to end Hulkamania, featuring Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Meng, the Barbarian, Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, Z Gangsta, in the ultimate solution and around ringside were woman miss elizabeth and jimmy hart so i'll just say you know i, I revisited this pay-per-view before this rebook and you know and it, and it sometimes when we've done these rebooks the, the cards are pretty much are in my head enough that i don't need to revisit it but in this case i wanted to revisit some of the lower card because uh, i do remember the main event match but uh some of the other matches i did not and you know this card is maligned as being terrible because of its main event. And I don't know that that's fair. Like, because there's a lot of decent work 
on the undercard at least i i thought um you know i mean it's not like great stuff but i mean it's decent stuff and you know but it's just the main event is just not good at all and we'll get to why i'm sure as we talk about our own cards but uh leonard what are your memories of this pay-per-view well i remember watching it live at the time and two very distinct impressions kind of stuck with me one was the booty man coming out during the main event and handing hogan and savage frying pans yeah to use as foreign objects in the doomsday cage I don't know if I've ever seen frying pans used as a foreign object yeah. before or after. Maybe in those good housekeeping matches that Jarrett from China had. Right. There were frying pans. I don't remember specifically. Uh, and then the other main impression was Booker T uh, in the Chicago Street Fight, kind of a coming out for him. I know Jim Ross has that saying that sometimes you got to put that dog in there to see if it hunts. And right. even though I didn't know that term at the time, that was really the kind of the impression I got. I went, I came right. away from that going, oh, you know, they see something in Booker T. They wanted to break him away to Stevie Ray to see what he would do. They wanted to put him in there with guys like Sting and Road Warriors to see what he would do. And of course, his star just elevated from here. So that may be a positive. And right. when you talk about the card in general, um, I the Chicago Street fight is fine. The ending's a little bit silly where Lex Luger helps uh, as, as, and Stevie Ray helps out in the back to, to, to chain uh, Animal. Uh, the um, best match on the card is probably Regal versus Fit Finley, who was the Belfast Bruiser, um, even though that's hurt by ending in a DQ finish. And then the opener, uh, Conan versus Eddie Guerrero, is, is very good as well. The ending there was a little bit wonky. It involved Eddie kind of hitting his head and knocking at himself out a bit to forecode well and you mentioned the endings and that was a that's a running theme in wcw and i think that that's one of the reasons why they might not have the reputation that they deserve at certain eras because and eric bischoff has admitted this freely on his podcast 83 weeks and he's talked about it ad nauseum the fact that they never had a guy that could give them good endings and you see it time and time again and you know we'll get into um you know our card and we'll talk i'm going to talk more about that specifically mm -hmm. um but yeah this this event like was in like i said in 1996 so i was 14 at this time so and you know after the hulkamania thing ended in wwf uh this was during a period where i, I was still I was watching wrestling casually, but not seriously. I wasn't nearly as invested as I once was. Um, and if I was watching, it was probably to see what was going on with that guy named Steve Austin. <laughs> um, but uh, I knew about this match and I knew about Hogan's work in WCW. But, you know, I, I don't know. In my head, as a kid, being a, a kid growing up as a Hulkamaniac, I looked at the Doomsday Cage and I was like, oh, that's really neat. And, you know, I told Leonard off air last week that, uh, one of my first looks into some of the reviews at 411 Mania, the site that we wrote for, uh, before I wrote for it was you had Scott Keith doing recaps and reviews, and uh, he gave this match negative five stars, I believe. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, you know, why would you, why would you, you know, criticize Hogan that badly? But in retrospect, and you watch this match, you understand yeah. match is just bad in general for many reasons. But um, anyway. Let's uh, 
Well, it should be, before we go on, it should be mentioned that uh, Kevin Sullivan in a shoot talks about this. The original idea was going to be Hogan and Savage against uh, Sullivan and the Giant. And Hogan was kept going, oh, we got to put more people and more people and do this and do that. And Sullivan kind of let him do whatever he wanted with the idea because Sullivan's deal was he had just started working with Hogan and he felt if he gave Hogan this, then Hogan could trust him and then he could bring other ideas to Hogan in the future and get him to play ball in, di in different ways. That's not how Hogan works, brother. Nope. Nope. Doesn't work for me, brother. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I, I, you know, I have some interesting ideas. So, and I'm anxious to hear what Leonard's ideas are. Sure. Um, so let's get into our rebooks here. And I'll just say that my card was booked in a way where I didn't adhere much to the storylines going on. Mm -hmm. I looked into them and I used what I could and what I liked, but I didn't adhere to them fully. I booked this card as if I'd be booking it today, which I am obviously, but I wanted, I put the matches on there that I think I would have wanted to have seen looking back. So bearing that in mind, Leonard, did you yeah. book, did you put any matches for the main event card, the pre card? No, uh, I booked nine matches total. Okay. Uh, nothing for main event. I just didn't think about it. I probably could have slapped a few things to, together, but I just didn't worry about so, that. All right. So I uh, it, should be, it should be mentioned before we go forward that we gave ourselves a wrinkle that we had to keep the Doomsday yeah. Cage match and we had to keep the Chicago Street Fight, the two gimmicks used on it, but we could put anyone we wanted in there, use those any way we wanted. And we should also remind people that we cannot uh, that we not only can use people who appeared on the show regularly, and that includes the main event, but anybody who's working regularly for WCW at the time, anyone under contract. And um, I believe we have both in the past used rosters from the SmackDown Hotel to kind of fill in those gaps. So I did look at those, and I do have, I think, a few people who were uh, working for WCW but not on this card right um, take, taking part in this right and um, i'm glad you mentioned that and i should go over also what the doomsday catch doomsday cage match is for those who might not fully remember they might remember what it looks like but so basically i talked about who all was in the match and the cage match involved hogan and savage having to start at the top of the three-tiered structure and on each level there were members of the alliance waiting for them the structure featured scaffolding with steps on it to enable the wrestlers to traverse it with the object being to make it to the bottom of the cage where the ring was and score a fall to win. So that is what it looked like. I will put some pictures up here. If memory serves, there's not a ton of clear pictures of the full cage, but I will do my best to pick, put pictures here on the episode. Um, so I had four matches for the main event and I believe the exact number of matches they had for their regular cards. So oh, okay. we'll do it this way. I'll, I'll talk about my first two matches and then we'll just get into Leonard's card and that'll kind of even us up there Good. Yeah. A, little, a little bit. So the first two matches on my main event card, I pretty much kept a lot of the people that were on this uh, with a, a couple of sessions. I just switched some people around. Mm -hmm. So my first main event match on their pre-pay-per-view card would be Big Bubba Rogers versus the Belfast Bruiser. So basically you have two 
big brawling guys. And I did like the work that the Belfast Bruiser, who would become Fit Finley, did with uh, Lord Steven Regal on the main card. But I think it would have been cool to see somebody like the Belfast Bruiser go against big boss man, big Bubba Rogers, Ray Trailer. Um, I, I think that I would have given each of these matches maybe a, a hair more time. But uh, if you're going to do like a double DQ or a DQ finish or a count out finish, you would have it done here with two guys that are brawling on the outside or something like that. But I still think the work they would have done would have been halfway decent. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I, I toyed with using uh, the Belfast Bruiser against one man gang, who I think oh, yeah. a similar type of match, maybe even a bit of a, of a rougher one. Cause, cause OMG just comes across a bit rougher than, than big Bubba Rogers. Uh, I think that's a, 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 an interesting, unique and different matchup. And again, I could see that being where those guys are at, you know, Bubba's not necessarily going to drop to the bruiser. You don't want to drop out the bruiser. So yeah, I think having that be like a brawl on the outside, double count. I think that's fine, especially if it's your opener to main event. Right. Well, my next match I have is Mr. JL, who should be reminded that this is Jerry Lynn in a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is, I put him against Alex Wright. So here you have two technically sound guys, two guys who can move a little bit faster in the ring than the first match that I, I had up there. And, uh, you know, Alex Wright, for the weirdness of his gimmick, did some pretty good work in the ring. Uh, Jerry Lynn is still in the business working as an agent. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he's kind of an unsung hero as far as his in-ring work goes. But uh, I think that these two guys could have put on a decent short match. Oh, very much so. I think because of the of the pacing and the technical prowess of both these guys, even if you gave them five minutes, they would give you a really good five-minute TV match. I, I think that's true. Right. Well, Leonard, what's your first match? So, interestingly enough, and I should say before we get into this, I tried to book some things. Much like you, I didn't focus on storylines. I tried to book stuff that I would want to see and maybe we hadn't seen before. The idea of uncensored in one degree could be, oh, these are things that you don't see that are not common, um, that are crazy or different or spontaneous. It's uncensored. So by opener, it's a fatal four-way uh, for number one contendership to the WCW World Television title. Uh, and I do a lot of contenders matches on here to, to give some matches a, a boost. It's Billy Kidman versus Mr. JL versus Alex Wright versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Like it. So Luger was a television champion at this time, but the belt wasn't defended on the card because Sugar Luger was in the Doomsday Cage. And of course, we'll get there to see if I used him in the same way. Um, so I, I've still got so I've got something similar, but again, uh, usually WCW during this time period kind of cruise weight spectaculars to open the show. And this would be very much that. This is at the era where four ways and triple threats are becoming more common, uh, particularly in ECW. I don't know if WCW had had up to this point uh, a fatal four-way, at least on pay-per-view. So I think that's new. That's different. That's something you can say, oh, it's uncensored. Uh, And uh, these guys, uh, you know, I think would all work very well together, like I said with you, with Mr. JL and Alex Wright, you're throwing two other guys in there that work a similar style, up-paced tempo, a lot of, of uh, you know, technical prowess, high-flying for the time period. Since whoever wins 
here is going to get fed to Luger later on, um, I would probably give it to Alex Wright. I think he's, you know, the guy that would probably do best as as right. someone to be fed to, to, to Luger. But I definitely think this would be a very good match to kind of wake up the crowd uh, for the start. Absolutely. I, I love the idea of that match and it being for a number one contender spot. Um, I, yeah, I think it would be a great, great match to start the card. So, yeah, that's definitely a match I would have wanted to see. Um, we're still in my main event pre-card category here. So my next one, I have Dick Slater against Jim, Jim Duggan. And this is obviously Jim Duggan post WWF days. Yeah. But, you know, his Mid-South days, like, he could really get in there and brawl with the best of them. And I just – I think it would be fun for a selling point to see Jim Duggan getting in there slugging away with Dick Slater. It wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be technically proficient. But you'd have Jim Duggan, a, pe- a person that people know, against another guy who, you know, looks like he can go. And just have him go in there for a few minutes – and, you know, I might have Jim Duggan go over, but uh, I, I think it would be cool to see those two go against each other for this type of spot to maybe sell some more pay-per-views. Yeah, definitely. If, if you go into this knowing this is just going to be a slobber knocker, as Jared likes to say, against just kind of two gruff guys and two guys a bit past their primes, we can say that, but could still go in this type of match. And I think that I, I don't know if they ever had a lot of matches together, but I could see Duggan and Slater having good chemistry with each other. Absolutely. So my next bout is uh, Sherry Martell versus Medusa Maselli with Colonel Parker suspended above the ring in a shark cage because I love shark cages. <laughs> So, I thought using one of them on my card, too. I ultimately didn't, but... Okay, well, you know, I actually uh, only had seven matches, and I wanted to add a couple more, and I didn't even think about doing main main event. Uh, but looking around, you know, I thought, eh, maybe I could do a, a women's match. And Medusa and Sherry actually were in a love triangle with Colonel Parker at this time. And uh, that's how you got the match on the main card of Medusa versus Parker, because... Um, Sherry and Medusa had fought on television uh, prior prior to that. So yeah, what I would January do, of this year, I believe. Yes, yeah. So what I would do is is do a repeat of that match, but you got to add something to it. So with Parker being in the middle of these two ladies, I do the thing with uh, the shark cage. Uh, Medusa and Sherry work together a lot. Uh, you, even going back to the mid '80s in the AWA when they both started out. So they know how to work together. I think this would be a good match if you let it be a good match. Um, I would have Parker still trying to interfere and drop something to Sherry from the cage, brass knuckles, what have you. Medusa would intercept it and use it on Sherry to get the win. So that's Medusa getting her triumph over Parker in a way uh, in a match that makes more sense than probably Medusa versus Parker. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, you know what? It's funny. I had thought about doing this as a match as well. And then I had saw, I'd seen that they had had a match in January and I, and like, I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. And if I did, what would I, how would I change it? I like the way you change it with the shark cage. I actually think that that makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of sad that these two never really got to have that prominent matchup in this era, because, you know, in this time frame, women's wrestling was very much an afterthought um and wasn't really paid a lot of attention to and 
it's just it's kind of a shame i mean medusa was really athletic and man she looked really good in this era i i think um but uh, i that's a match that i would have i would have enjoyed seeing and i think people should have seen more of sherry's work in ring um but i think sherry medusa if you transplanted them to today they could work and get over yeah absolutely um and on that same th- in that same vein the main event for the pre-card matches I would have now it would I would WCW women's title wouldn't be created until later in this year. Mm-hmm. And so at this point there is none. So we are at a pay-per-view where recently Medusa took the WWF women's title and threw it in the trash that just happened. So I would kind of fast forward a little bit and have the WCW women's title created here. And I would have Medusa going against Miss Elizabeth. No. here's my strategy now you think about all the times when and especially in women's wrestling where you would have some like one of them in a match and nobody would think that they would stand a chance everybody think oh man this is going to be destruction they're just going to get killed think about like stephanie mcmahon or somebody like that who won the women's title way back when this would be a similar situation here and it would paint a picture of kind of how my pay-per-view is going to go and I would have Miss Elizabeth go over here. I would have, it would be like interference from whoever you wanted it to be. Woman, Ric Flair, you know, this was Miss Elizabeth as a heel at this point. She had turned her back on Randy Savage. So she's very much, a, a, you know, a baddie in that way. But I would have it be shenanigans involved, but I would definitely have her be the WCW Women's Champion. And I realized Miss Elizabeth had no real in-ring experience i understand that but the fact that the first lady of wrestling did not get a title of any kind even if it was in some weird way like i'm describing is kind of a crime so i would have the fact that this end this part of my card ends with a title going around the waist of miss elizabeth if that doesn't entice people to buy and see what else happens i don't know what would so that's my idea i can see leonard you're toying with this in your head yeah, it's just, this definitely fits the whole, you're going to see crazy shit because it's uncensored, uh, certainly. Right. Miss Elizabeth, to my knowledge, wrestled twice, both against Daphne, right. um, your favorite lady. Uh, one, I believe, was a one-on-one. The other was a tag match. I know Elizabeth was with Luger. I believe Daphne. Yeah. I don't remember who Daphne was with. It was either David Flair or Crowbar. Uh, and, and I had to look that up because a few years ago I was commissioner of a fantasy league. It was an all women's wrestling thing. And, and I had to double check to see who was eligible. Our eligibility was they had to work a match. So, um, thanks to, uh, Vince Russo, Elizabeth, all the nitro girls, uh, a bunch of random people (laughs) are eligible as, as having had matches. Um, you know, I, 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 I find it hard to picture Miss Elizabeth holding up the belt over her head, but it's certainly an image that I think would intrigue a lot of people. I would guess that she probably would not hold it long, um, but it's, 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 a neat, it's a neat idea. And um, again, I, that's not a good match. I, I, I assume no. that it's probably very short. It would be due, very short. Due to the interference from whoever. Um, and, and, and certainly it might like, if that's the case, like I'm thinking the next logical step is Medusa versus woman. Uh, and then I, I, 
I don't know how much of a woman is worth. Uh, and then beating her to get back to Elizabeth, and, and I don't know what all, but that's certainly one I never would have thought of. There you go. Well, so what's your next so, match? So next up, uh, like I said, I did a lot of number one contenders matches uh, because I just thought that was something too extra to throw in, and it's a reason why I can kind of get maybe some heel versus heel and face versus face matches going on. So I have a number one contenders match for the WCW World Heavyweight title, and it's one man gang versus the Giant. Now, uh, a match was held on censored between the Giant and Loch Ness, where the winner got Hogan, I believe, the next night on Nitro or at some point. So I like One Man Gang better as an opponent for the Giant. These are two of the biggest and baddest guys on the WCW roster at the time, and they never faced from what I could find. Uh, both were heels at the time, uh, but who cares? Uh, I would make this pretty short um, because... You know, the bloom is going to be off the rose here very quickly. I think you're going to get a great visual of the two of them in the ring. I would let the Giant hit some of his usual stuff, One Man Gang hit some of his usual stuff, and it probably makes the most sense for the Giant to win uh, and to get that title shot since that's kind of what happened in real life anyway. I think that this would have been a better match than the one we got, which was the yes. Giant versus Loch Ness. Um, Loch Ness so is totally immobile. At least, well, even at this point, Gang could move a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, a one man gang, you know, can act, can actually work in the ring and would probably be a good person to control the match for a very green Paul White at this mm -hmm. point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it would have been fine for what it was. Certainly better than the one we got on the card. So the first match on my actual card is a match that I kept the same from the original card. Surprise. Okay. And that is Conan versus Eddie Guerrero, right. ECW United States Championship. Now, uh, let me say this. Initially, I had Conan going against somebody else. I'll get to that. But if it had, if I had my way, I would have taken the belt off Conan somehow before this card even got started. Because yeah. this is the era, this is not the bout it, bout it, Viva La Rasa Conan. This is the Conan that dressed in, like, flashy superhero gear. I don't know what how to describe it. It was weird ring gear for him. Um, but that's the era of Conan we have. And, you know, so I was really struggling on what to do to assemble the best card. But when I watched this, I was like, wow, you know, he, like Conan and Eddie Guerrero actually had really decent chemistry. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that they had decent chemistry. So I kept this match the same. Here's what I would change. The ending, which is a weird, as you just said, wonky thing where Conan you know, maybe inadvertently gives Eddie Guerrero a low blow, maybe doesn't, maybe, you know, whatever. Um, so I would have Eddie Guerrero go over here. Um, Eddie Guerrero at this point could go really well in the ring. I think it would have been a, a cool surprise to see him go over here. And so I definitely would have had the clean victory for Eddie Guerrero here, but that's how I would have changed it. And I think it would have been a better match as a result. Yeah, I always felt it very weird when I ever looked at, like, lists and see that Conan had the U.S. title. I was like, really? Because I had no memory of that. Right. Uh, so it was a very uh, unauspicious run for him. Putting it on Eddie, great. So if you're going to keep the match, making that change makes the most sense. So my next bout, and we're getting into some oddball territory here. <laughs> it's an eight-man tag. It's the four horsemen of Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Booty Man, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and Dusty Rhodes. 
So Dusty is on commentary here with Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. Um, I just like the idea of using the horsemen as a unit and, and seeing how I had them, you know, I kind of had them left and who did I have left to put them against and Duggan and Bootyman and Bagwell were kind of the hodgepodge. And you could set this up by on Saturday night having, you know, like Flair versus Bagwell and Bootyman versus Anderson and, 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 you know, Duggan versus, or whoever, like just, you know, have, have the horsemen work with these guys over a period of some weeks uh, to kind of build something between them. Then I would have this originally booked as a four and three handicap match. Flair goes to the commentary table beforehand, starts cutting a promo. Rhodes gets on him. He gets in Rhodes' face and Dusty stands up and he, and he puts himself in the match to what I assume would be a big pop. Uh, so this is something that people would certainly talk about the next day. Dusty coming out of retirement to be in this match and all the history him and Flair and him and the horsemen had. So um, why it might feel a bit sour to have Dusty lose coming out of, of retirement or at least semi-retirement uh, for this match. Um, I don't think you want the horsemen to lose. So I would probably have, let's say, Flair pin Bagwell, doesn't matter. And then Dusty kind of clean, clean the ring post-match. And, and stand tall. Uh, an eight-man tag it seems like a cool idea. I had thought about doing like a big tag match like that. Um, I, I went in a different direction, but I, I like that idea. And I especially like the idea of getting Dusty to get involved at the last minute. Uh, I think that that would be a cool thing to get the crowd to pop for sure. And uh, yeah, you definitely want to have the horseman go over in that case. Um, so my next match paints further paints the picture of what I'm trying to, the story I'm trying to tell for my pay-per-view. And I have the giant versus the booty man. So this is going to be a squash and a squash to the point where kind of people are shocked at how much of a squash it is. You have the giant just destroy the booty man and, you know, kind of chastising him, asking him, you know, why are you, you know, cause remember, the giant is, you know, had feuded with Hogan as well. So asking the booty man, basically, why are you following this guy? Why do you still help this guy being Hogan, of course? And, uh, you know, taking out his frustrations on the booty man and uh, basically asking him why he's continuing to follow Hulkamania when Hulkamania is dying, blah, 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 blah. So keep that in mind as we go along. But that's my match. It's a, it's a, after we have Conan and Eddie Guerrero with a cool, you know, like yeah. technical match. And here we have a squash. You have Hogan's right hand man getting squashed. And even you could even have Hogan come out kind of being in awe looking at what happened to, uh, to his friend. So, you know, and uh, one thing you have here is you could bring up that the booty man was the Zodiac in the Dungeon of, of Doom. Right. Uh, or, you know, the Alliance in the Hulkamania or whatever faction, you know, that was. Because that was acknowledged. Because they have said that, that he had joined as a uh, as a ringer, as a double agent, whatever. Right. On his so you could really bring that up and use that here in the storyline. I would also have uh, the giant um, kidnap Kimberly Page or the Booty <laughs> Bay. I like that idea too. Pick her up, throw her over her shoulder, so you get a nice butt shot on Kimberly Absolutely. as he walks walks out of, down the aisle with her. 
What becomes of that, who knows? But I just like the idea of not only does he destroy Booty Man, but takes his woman. That's insult to injury. If, and, it, were, if it were Attitude Era WWF, you would see a scene with, in the hotel room with the giant and uh, Kimberly Page. Yes, later on. Uh, so my so my next my next bout is where the Chicago street fight comes in, and I changed the name, but it's the same thing. It's a UK street fight of the Belfast Bruiser versus Lord Stephen Regal. So I'm keeping that match the same. I'm giving it the stipulation because these guys had a really brutal bout uh, on the card regularly, and the street fight component I think would just allow them to go that one step further. And to have a finish, um, I think this could be a real classic because these guys have a very uh, similar matches to what they did have and use the stipulation while not going too far over the top, but kind of let that flavor more of, of what they're doing. And um, while Regal, I would say, was probably the bigger name and getting the push, I would give the win to Finley because a win here to Finley uh, because he was newer, uh, the Belfast version wasn't really known. I think would really elevate him. So I, I would have Finley uh, win this. And I think Regal could always come back and say, well, it was a street fight. I mean, of course, I'm going to lose to a barbarian in a match like this. He can never beat me in a classic catch his catch can thing. So Regal can save some face in that way. I, I like that idea a lot, actually. Um, you know, it's funny that we both kept a match. And uh, I, I like this being the street fight. And I think that the match that we saw on the card was decent way up until the end where they just didn't know what to do. And they just had outside interference, which mm -hmm. is just such a lazy half-assed way of booking, in my opinion. Like, you know, like the fact that you can't come up with anything more creative than that. I mean, but anyway, uh, I think that your idea is much better and it would have been cool to see how that played out um, mm -hmm. on, on the pay-per-view. Okay. So my next match is Dean Malenko versus Arn Anderson. So this is just a match that I wanted to see. And I looked back and, you know, I saw interactions with them because they were both in the four horsemen at one point. Um, but as far as I could tell, these guys never had a match. And if they did, it certainly wasn't anything on a notable pay-per-view. I think that the two styles here suit each other really, really well. This is a young Dean Malenko and an older Arn Anderson. So I just think it would have been really cool to see these guys work in the ring while they were still healthy enough to do so at the same time. And I just, I really think that this would have been a classic. I, you know, I love Dean Malenko's work. I think he deserves more notoriety than he has. Um, the same could be said on a lesser level is, you know, same with Darn Anderson. And I just think that <coughs> if you ever wanted a definition of styles that mesh well, I think that that would be the case here. So this is simply just a match that I, as a fan, now at my age, would have wanted to see back then. So. I think this would be a great mat-based encounter with a lot of grappling. You're right, these styles do mesh. I don't know what kind of storyline you could put. It could just be, you know, it, again, the idea, hey, it's uncensored, we can do whatever we want. So here's a match that you never thought you'd see. Or maybe something where Anderson and Malenko were kind of both vying for that enforcer role with the horsemen, uh, you know. Her, 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 you know what? You could even make this a number one contenders match for the TV title. Sure, you could do that too. You I mean that, that was kind of what I was doing a lot on my card to kind of get right. some people put together. But this would definitely be a great match, especially if you gave it some time. I think this could be an easy twenty-minute match. 
and and not feel long and be really really fantastic i, I think this would be a, a great match all right so again same thinking a, a little bit uh, as your match so i have a number one contenders match for the u.s title and it is randy savage versus eddie guerrero so you know rick flair and randy so here's what i found i love to see if this ever happened at Slamboree the same year, they were doing like a battle bowl type of thing, and Ric Flair and Randy Savage were a tag team against Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson. Right. So, but as a single, I don't think this ever happened. While the dream match would be Savage from about 10 years before this against Eddie around this time period, Savage could still go at this point, especially with the right opponent like the series he had with DDP. I think Eddie is certainly a guy that could bring out you know, the old Randy Savage, the 87 Randy Savage, the Savage who had to feed the steamboat, that type of guy. So since both were faces here, that's why I went with the number one contender stipulation. Eddie was in the U.S. title picture at the time because he had a U.S. title match on the real show against Conan. And since Hogan was the world champion and Savage was his buddy, he can't go after that. So let's put him in the U.S. title picture as well. This just has potential to be awesome an easy four stars at, at least. Um, and kind of what I said before about, you know, the Belfast Bruiser could really use that push by getting the win, getting that elevation. I would give Eddie the win here. And I think Savage would put Eddie over. I think if you go back and you look, Savage really never had a problem putting someone over if it was good for them or good for the company. I'm sure that Savage had some, you know, respect for the Guerrero family. And would be cool with that. So I think Eddie beating Savage here and then them doing a handshake after would would do wonders for, for Eddie's career. It was on the rise anyway. This is this is strapping a rocket to him. Well, yeah, this is certainly a dream match. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I wish I would have thought of it. I mean, I think that this would be a really fantastic bout between these two, no matter what eras of their careers, really. Um, it would have been something I would have loved to have seen. And I think that they would have meshed pretty well together. I think that Guerrero could have gotten more of the high-flying stuff out of Savage and maybe look made a, an older Savage look better. And likewise, I think Savage could have gotten a more patient pace out of Eddie Guerrero and maybe less of the Lucha Libre stuff at this point. So, yeah, I think this could have been really cool to see. And, you know, even the promos, you know, especially if we're talking about a later era, Eddie Guerrero, um, you know, it would have been great to see. So, yeah, I, I love that. Um, so speaking of Randy Savage, I have a street fight for the World Television Championship, and it is Randy Savage versus Lex Luger. Okay. And I had thought about having, like, Elizabeth in a cage, you know, <laughs> But we're not quite at the open romance between Luger and Elizabeth yet. They might no, have, no. they might have been that way behind the scenes at this stage because but maybe not, I don't know the timeline. I know that Savage and Elizabeth were certainly divorced by this point and yes. Elizabeth was married to somebody else. So you know Yeah. At least on camera, Luger and Liz weren't an item until very late, like 99, 2000. Right. right. So it might not have happened here yet. But the storyline going into this is, you know, Randy Savage and Hogan are buddies. And Randy Savage is preparing for this match and is maybe a little irritated at the fact that Hogan is spending so much time worrying about 
the condition of like the booty man, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's worried about his friend, the booty man. And, you know, Savage is worried about his match with Luger because it's a street fight and he might need some help, yada, yada. So Savage goes out to face Luger. And it's a really close match between these two guys. I think that Savage could have made Luger look a lot better than Luger was. And I think that these two guys would have worked fine together overall. And I, you know, some of the, like the, the kind of no rules, no holds barred matches that Savage would have with DDP were really good. So I think that this could be a good way to showcase these two guys. So I would have this be a close match, but I would have other people interfere with Luger, such as Elizabeth or Ric Flair or whoever else. Cause remember the, you know, this was supposed to be an alliance at this point between a bunch of people so I would have all the interference that Luger wanted to have to maybe keep the television championship, but I would have Savage go over just barely at the end. So basically the story I'm trying to tell is that Savage wins this match, but he's very hurt. And, you know, he's very beaten up by the end of this match, even though he kind of eked out a victory. So, so it, it's interesting that you you had one new title win and two title changes so far on your card. Um, Luger could work with the right person. Savage, I think, would be the right person. This gimmick would be the right kind of gimmick to hide a lot of what Luger's got going on. Um, you know, the the idea here, you know, you mentioned the fact that Luger was part of the alliance. You know, it was very shady about who Luger was with, what he was doing. Yeah, and I, I hated that part of it. Like, the fact yeah. that he, and, and we'll get to this later, but the fact that he and Sting were tag team champions, one guy's a face, one guy's a heel, but they're friends, you know, but also Luger holds the television championship. It's all so very strange. And the fact that on the original card, we hadn't talked about this yet, that no. only one title was defended on the original card was, the US belt. was a huge mistake. And so I didn't like the way all that was done. I think that there was a missed opportunity and a lot of confusion on the part of fans as to who was with who and what was actually going on. So anyway. Well, it should, it should be mentioned that um, the orig- originally booked here was a TV title match of Johnny B. Bad versus Diamond Dallas Page. Right. And that Kimberly was aligned with Bad, but he left to go to WWE. Right. And so basically his last day he he jobbed the the title to luger because that's right. who's face and that's how luger got the belt and then that's how the kimberly got moved to the booty babe and that thing started so right that was part of that so my next match it's 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 basically a default pairing it was what i had left <laughs> so for the wcw us title it's conan who's the champion versus road warrior animal Oh, wow. So, so we'll explain how this got here a little bit later. Uh, but again, this is a match that, you know, never happened. Uh, Conan, as we talked about earlier, I think was very on his game during this period. Uh, Animal is an interesting opponent for him based on size and strength. Yes, it's a styles clash. So I'm not sure what kind of match we would get out of these two. I freely admit it may not be a great match. Um, I don't think you want to put the belt on Animal. <laughs> and I think Animal's losing to Conan. So I would go with a DQ finish here. They go to the outside. Animal grabs a chair. What have you. But, but Animal would, would lose by disqualification. And, you know, at least this is a match no one would ever think to do. 
No, definitely not. And I, I agree with you. It might not be the best match uh, to look at, but that, so as a result, I think the only way you could do it is end with a DQ finish uh, somehow. The idea of Animal having the U.S. title is just something that I have trouble picturing in my head. Like the fact that anim Animal with a singles title in any way is just weird to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, that would uh, that sounds like your piss break match, Leonard. Yes, yeah. You know, the only time I ever I think Animal worked briefly as a single in late, late, late in his WWE run. I think he was just known as the Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. Uh, it would certainly be interesting to see that, that unfold. Um, so my next match is Ric Flair versus Lord Steven Regal. It is a submission match. And if Regal wins, he gets a title shot. So this is not for the world title. Okay. But if Regal wins, he gets the title shot. Now, obviously, we have a heel versus heel match here. Okay. Well, what happens if Flair wins? Does he get a title shot? No, if Flair wins, then he just wins. Okay. <laughs> then Lord, Re Lord, then Regal goes away. Basically. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess you could make it hair versus title shot, but you know, who knows? Um, so basically, I I think that this is again selfishly, this is just a match that I would have wanted to see, sure. and these two didn't have a match. If they did, it was late in WWE period, and I don't think that that even happened. So. Because these guys were both bad guys often. And, you know, you just wouldn't have seen this pairing. But I really do think that they could put on a great match. Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what I was looking for here. And if it was a submission match, oh, my gosh. Like, the work on the mat that these two guys could do would just be phenomenal, in my opinion. And, you know, I might even have Regal go over here somehow so that he gets a title shot and then loses to Flair. Um, like, on a Nitro or something. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. This would be a really great match, a match which I don't know if we ever did happen because they were on the same side of the ball, being heels a lot of the time, uh, but never really aligned. I don't think. Um, yeah, these guys could work, especially a submission match. The each of them would pick a body part, player would definitely pick the leg, and you know just work it. And the way they would work it, I think, and the way they would do. There are different segments and heat spots, and even if they went outside the ring, would just be so, so crisp. On one hand, and this is me playing devil's advocate, I could see this being two guys who are too similar, and you wind up with a bland match because of that. But I don't think that's very likely. I think both these guys probably have their working boots on. We want to put on a good match together with each other. I, I, I think it, would, it certainly has all the potential on paper to be excellent. Yeah, the crowd might not be as into it as I would like them to be. I can see a dead crowd for this, yes. But screw the crowd. That's what I say. Right. <laughs> all right. That's, a very, that's a very mixed Vince McMahon way to book. Screw the crowd. <laughs> so next up, uh, this is my next last match, so my eighth match, I guess. For the WCW World Heavyweight title, Champion Hulk Hogan versus Road Warrior Hawk. Ooh. So, dig, dig this. I looked this up. In Japan in 1993, Hulk Hogan and the Great Muda and a tag team faced Hawk and, Kins and Kinsuke Sasaki, if I'm saying that name correctly. It's on Facebook. I found it on a Facebook 
page. I, I have a side note. I have a high spots box set of mm -hmm. all Hogan's work in Japan. Yes. I'm pretty sure that this match is on there. So Okay. So, but so for me, seeing this and seeing these two guys in the ring together is absolutely mind-blowing. I think it's just a hell of a visual of these two just nose to nose. In the match, Hawk does a military press slam on Hogan, which was amazing to see. So is this match going to be good? Probably not. <laughs> I think it would be an amazing car crash. I think Hogan would sell for Hawk and make him look good until the inevitable comeback. Um, and you don't put the belt on Hulk. I mean, you thought Anne was a U.S. champion would look weird. Well, if Hawk was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, how weird is that? That would be very weird. Very weird. And, and since I did a DQ in the previous match, I don't want to do that again. So I think I would have Hogan win clean, but then have Animal run out, and they kind of do a double beat down. And then you can have Booty Man, Duggan, whoever Hogan's friends come out and help make the save. Uh, and then that could probably lead to a tag match down the line, say Duggan Booty Man versus the Road Warriors type of thing. Even cooler would be if you're playing on the Japan matchup, it would be cool to see Hogan do some of his Japan work here because that's not something that he ever did. He never even flirted oh. with the idea of working differently in America. But if anybody who watches his Japan stuff, you will see that he does work differently over there um, because he, you know, he had to, you know, he had to work a different style there. So I think if you incorporated some of that here, it would be even more interesting uh, for Hogan in this era but yeah you kind of have to go have hogan go over clean how does hogan become the champion i thought hogan was the champion at this point it was flair flair was the belt i i you see when i reviewed flair it, and I, savage had had like a a long program basically mm -hmm. and flair had won twice against savage at least twice one was a straight up match i think and the other one was a cage match and I think the cage match was on the previous pay-per-view. So Okay, well that well that is my back because I thought when I had reviewed Uncensored that they had said that the winner of, of Giant and Loch Ness would get a title shot against Hogan. And maybe I misheard that. Uh but hey, anyway, uh this is whatever I want to do. So let's say Hogan beat Flair on Saturday night. Who cares? That's, that's all right, because I have something similar happening. So Good. we'll get to mine right now. Uh, like I said, I didn't want to take the title off Conan earlier because I had done something like that elsewhere. I didn't want to do it twice in one card. So a doomsday cage match for the WCW tag team titles. And we okay. have the Steiner brothers versus the Road Warriors versus the Nasty Boys versus Harlem Heat. And if you're picturing three tiers, you have the four teams on the top two tiers and the goal is the same you could it could be the same it could be you know have a fall for the win or it could be the first team that escapes mm -hmm. the cage wins the match whichever way looks better as a visual but i definitely think this group of guys would have worked this cage this style of cage better there was a lot of history and a lot of work with all these teams like you had the Nasty Boys in Harlem Heat had working together a bunch. You had the Steiners, uh, you know, maybe not always, like they didn't really have a lot of work with the Road Warriors, but you certainly had Harlem Heat, you know, kind of trading stuff with the Road Warriors. And I would have had probably the Road Warriors take the titles off of Sting and Luger somehow 
in a previous match on TV. That's what I would have done. That would be my kind of cheat, so to speak, would be to take the titles off of the heel face team that is just full of weirdness and put them on an actual team. So that's what I would do here. I would put them on the Road Warriors, perhaps, and I would just have these these four teams, you know, go crazy in this cage. And, you know, if I didn't have the Road Warriors retain, you know, I, I might lean towards, like, Harlem Heat or the Steiners here. But, uh, you know, it's kind of up in the air as to who is I would have to win. But that's – I think that, to me, this was the best way to use this this idea. So. Well, you know what? Um, I did something very, very similar to you, but more of a clusterfuck. Okay. <laughs> so, but again, the, the, the first to talk about what you did here. Yeah, great pick of teams, great use of the cage idea. Um, I, I definitely think you need to get the belts off of Sting and Luger. And, you know, I'll just go into my match. This is very similar to yours. So, yeah. Doomsday Cage Gauntlet match Ooh. for the WCW Tag Team Titles. So, Sting and Lex Luger are the champs. They start off in the top cage with the blue bloods of Squire Dave Taylor and Robert the Earl of Eaton. <laughs> Must win by pinfall or submission in that top cage. Winner, and of course I'm going to have Sting and Luger win, they come down to the middle cage. Middle cage, you have public enemy of Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock <laughs> and the Nasty Boys of Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. So you have to you go from one on one to three teams. Uh, you gotta go win here, pinfall submission to advance to the bottom. Again, I would have Sting and Luger win, advance to the bottom. In the bottom, which you have a ring in the bottom, finally, you've got the Steiner brothers of Scott and Rick, you have Harlem Heat of Booker T and Stevie Ray, and you have the faces of fear of Barbarian and Maine. And you have to win by pinfall or submission in the cage. So that I think is that's that's your money is when you get down to that tier because these are all four guys I think could work a cage match could work this giant conglomeration thing together um, and like I said you got to get the belts off of Sting and Luger it doesn't really matter I think I would probably give them the Harlem Heat um, and then have the Steiners kind of chase them so and because I didn't use the Road Warriors here. Because I thought about using them, and then the more I thought about, like, I didn't really like them in this. Right. So that's why I came up with the idea of, hey, if they're not going to be in here, they got to have something. So them getting the individual title matches were sort of their um, compensation for not being part of this thing here. Wow. It's funny to me that we both used the tag team titles for this concept. Yes. Because it makes the most sense. And, like, your, the, your description of your match – Reminds me more of my triple tier cage match in one of our previous rebooks where I just had different levels of weapons and just chaos and ridiculousness on each tier. Yours is more simplified. It just has every wrestler in the company. In, 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 in. Every tag team, almost every, except for the Warriors. I think every tag yeah. team company is involved here. But yeah, no, I, I, I think that your idea sounds really fun. And uh, it would, again, it would have been cool to see the tag teams in something like this because I think it would have made more sense and it would have been better visually to see that happen. It still would have been chaos, still would have been a clusterfuck, no matter if it's Leonard's match or mine, but I think it would have been better, either one of these. So, all right. My main event, the culmination of my storyline. So, 
later on in WCW, after Hogan has turned heel and Sting has become the Crow character, we see them face off. But we didn't see yellow and red Hogan against blonde flat top Sting. So that is my idea here. You have this huge matchup. It's not for a title. And you have Hulk Hogan versus Sting, the number one guy in WCW against the guy who was number one in WWF for many years, finally going head to head. There doesn't need to be necessarily a storyline where they hate each other. It could just be, you know, I'm challenging you, Hogan, because I want to know if I'm better than you. It could be something that simple. And meanwhile, in the background, you still have this alliance to end Hulkamania that maybe some of that, some of those matches happened on Nitro, and that's still a background storyline. So my crazy idea is I and like I have to admit, Leonard, I was struggling on how to incorporate the Doomsday Cage and then struggling with how to involve enough people when rebooking this card. It took me a little bit to really think of a hook. And I finally found one here that I think would make sense. Yeah. So keep in mind, if I could be wrong here, but I think by and large, this is one of Hogan's last appearances before months down the road at Bash at the Beach, he would emerge and turn heel. So close to it, I'd have to look, but yeah. yeah. Now he might have made an appearance on TV or something. I'm sure maybe I'm sure he did. But in terms of matches at pay-per-views, I did look at that, and Hogan was not featured on any pay-per-view until Bash at the Beach. So my idea here is I was thinking along the lines of some of the stuff they did with The Undertaker in WWF. You have everyone come out here to end Hulkamania. Not just the Alliance. You have the Booty Man. You have Randy Savage. You have Elizabeth. You have everyone. Everyone coming out to help Sting beat Hogan, or you don't even have to end it in an, in a clean one, two, three finish. It could just be all these guys are coming out to just, you know, swarm Hogan and destroy him completely. And the reason I think that this would have been a better visual, I mean, imagine for a second going out on a pay-per-view with all of Hogan's friends <laughs> and all of Hogan's enemies combining to end Hulkamania. To me, that would have been such a crazy way to end a pay-per-view back then. And it might seem a little far-fetched, but we have seen stuff like that before with other characters. So the idea here is everybody talks about how during this era, Hogan would start to get boos and how the crowd wasn't nearly as invested in him as they once were. So I'm playing off that. And like, you might ask yourself, well, what are you gonna do if like all these people are turning on a face Hogan? You could figure that out. I truly believe you could figure that out. You could have Sting come out the next day and say, you know, he never belonged here. This is my company. I'm the person you're behind. Something to that effect. But that's what I would have happen here. I would have everybody turning on Hogan to try and get rid of him so that the next time you see him, we don't know what's going on. He's coming out at Bash of the Beach. And we're still not sure what's going on, but he comes out and because everybody has turned on him, he's turning heel. So you have like a little bit of a backstory to it. And maybe it's sacrilege to mess with his turning heel moment because it's such a classic moment in wrestling. But I think if you gave it just a little bit of a seed planted here, 
the fact that, oh man, we haven't seen Hogan since he was destroyed by everyone. What's going to happen here? That's well, my- would mean that, that would maybe make more sense because originally Hogan was aligned with Nash and Hall simply because they came from the WWF. And Hogan was like, well, who knows more about that company up north than me, brother? Right. So that was the only connection, even though he was never affiliated with Nash and Hall while in the WWE. Right. So I think that that maybe is a little more logical. I though I don't know how logical it is. I, I can understand you Savage coming out from how you set it up, and maybe Booty Man comes out because he's upset because the Giant kicked his ass because he's from right. The- See, I was trying to plant the seed. So you're planting some smart. seed there with that. So you could have a lot of those people come out be part of this. Um, I want Hogan to be put into a casket and then wheeled out. It's funny you mentioned. I thought about that, but I was like, it doesn't make any sense for me to use a casket. So what right. do I do? You like, you could have you could have them do a bunch of stuff and have Hogan taken away in an ambulance or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but I was like, well, how do you involve a casket? That doesn't even make any sense. Like, it wasn't until AEW that you started seeing other people not being the Undertaker involved yeah, in casket matches. Like Darby Allen against uh, Brody mm-hmm. King recently had a casket match. Or coffin match, excuse me. And, and and then you could have Hulk Hogan versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's Horace Hogan. I don't know. Trust Logically. But Log- backing up, I think it would be cool to see the two face characters of these guys yes. have a match together because that's something we would never see. And it was such a big moment when they finally did get together, but they're both dressed in black. And it, you know, it it would have been I think it was a slightly missed opportunity that these two never got together. They just kind of had Sting, the flat top blonde Sting, kind of, you know, retreat back to being, well, we're so glad Hogan's here and, you know, we're going to support him, that kind of thing. It would have made more sense from a booking standpoint to have him at least want to challenge him once. Yeah, um, you know, and I think this could be a good match in its own way. I'm just thinking that behind the scenes, there will be a lot of that doesn't work for me, brother. Hogan yeah. <laughs> going for your idea in any way, shape, or form. Here's why I thought of this. So the Doomsday Cage concept, as it was on the original card, to me, it didn't make any sense as far as, like, you have to have Hogan and Savage go down three tiers and win. Like the concept is designed so it uh, it makes it obvious that they're going to win. Like you're not going to have just them get down to the bottom tier and then have whoever's at the bottom tier win. <laughs> like it, it to me, it's like it wasn't a well designed set of rules for this type of cage match. And I originally I was going to have it be more of a four on four situation with Hogan and Savage and Sting and the Booty Man in a Doomsday Cage. But I went away from that in favor of this idea because I think it would have been a cool visual to see during an era when Hulkamania was clearly not getting over as much as they wanted it to, to have it be like, have it have like a more clear cut ending um, in in this way. Because I think the way they did the Doomsday Cage match on the card, it just wasn't well thought out. It was just such an obvious like, okay, you know, the two underdogs are going to overcome everything and win, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, and I think you would find Sting getting the more of the face pop as it went along. Right. I, and and I think it would be very interesting to see how the crowd would react to your schmas of everybody coming out. Like, would they start cheering for Hogan now as the underdog? Or would they be like, yeah. Like, yeah, think about, like, the Nexus coming out and destroying the set of Raw. 
Like, you know, I, I'm, you know, like that one time I'm thinking like something like that. It would just be this huge mass of chaos. And like eventually WCW would get to stuff like that. Eric yeah. Bischoff was an innovator, an innovator in many ways. So I think he'd be for this idea. Now, Hogan, he'd probably have to be sold on it for a few weeks. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he would be promised this huge return. And at this point, I don't know if they knew they were getting Hall and Nash. Right. And what to do with them. So I, you know, I think Hogan has to be promised all oh, this huge return, this triumph, this yeah. of your character. You know, we, you're going to come back and you're going to beat everybody. You know, but like, 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 like okay, you're going to come back as a heel and he still gets to beat everybody. Yeah. But he's a heel. Yeah. We're going to do World War Three where you eliminate all 60 dudes. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Yes, that I mean that may be what you would have to promise Hogan to get him to do. This. <laughs> um, it's a crazy idea, but again, I think the idea here we both did was uncensored, was just throwing the craziest crap we could think of out there uh, because that's sort of what this type of pay per view goes for. And really, at this time, yeah, there were storylines going in WCW, but nothing that entertaining, nothing that interesting. So at the very least least even in a car crash kind of way i think both our cards are a little more interesting than what we got i think looking back if you would have said oh man hey you remember that match where sting faced hogan <laughs> and like everybody beat the shit out of hogan <laughs> like to me like i don't know that would make more sense to remember something like that than oh you remember that doomsday cage match no with the frying pants <laughs> in the frying pants so is that it leonard is that all of our matches I, I, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. yeah All yeah, right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Next time we do a fever dreams, I want a frying pan to be a stipulation for some match. It should. We should have a frying pan match. Frying. We. Uh, it could be frying pan on a pole. It can be just you come out with frying pans. I got it. I got it, man. I got it better now. Frying yeah. pans in a shark cage, and you got to get to the frying pans in the. Shark you have to bust open the shark cage to get at the frying pans. Yes. <laughs> Sold. All right. Well, let us know what you think of Uncensored 96, the original card, and what you think of our rebooks. We always have fun doing them because, you know, you get to do whatever you want. Uh, let us know what matches you would have made uh, with this roster of guys. And, you know, we did go crazy with the roster this time, Leonard. We, uh, we stuck more to what was there. I, I made a point to do that, by the way. I didn't even research other people that were not with WWF. I, I I didn't either. I looked at who WCW had. I looked at the you know who was on main event, right. um, and and yeah, I used everyone that. Was, and there was a lot of people I didn't use. You know, I didn't use Shark. I didn't use Big Bubba Rogers. You know, it, right. I didn't use Dick Slater. Of course, he was with Bunkhouse Buck at the time as a tag team. That's the, the only tag team I don't think you didn't use. I used that. Well, I totally weren't going to use them. Uh, but there, there were some guys that, that I didn't use. Um, and and uh, you know what? If I'm correct, the gambler was here. I could have used the gambler. Oh, man, we should have. That should have been Ric Flair versus the gambler. Should, should be, I think it should have been the gambler. And, and like, same thing as, 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 as Hogan in the, steel, in, the, in the Doomsday Cage, but it's the gambler. The gambler. Like, all the way down. Going through three tiers. Going through three tiers with frying pans. The alliance to end gambling. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we yeah, that's what we gotta do. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know what you thought of our cards. Uh any comments are welcomed. If you hated our cards, those comments are welcomed as well. Yeah, maybe some of that. <laughs> we please check out our uh, stupid questions videos and our random match reviews. Uh 
And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please click like on this video and uh, subscribe to our content. We appreciate all the help. For Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week. And Alexa, we'll see you out.